There is a story behind everything if you look hard enough and every small thing that we take for granted in our lives came from somewhere. And with each of those, someone somewhere will find the beauty in it, be inspired by the history and move to tell the story. Simon Garfield's particular fascination is with fonts. In his book, Just My Type, he investigates everything we didn't even know we cared about to get the to the arcane mysteries of the typeface. Simon, hello. Hello, Gillian. And we're talking to you from England. How, how's the weather? Well, the weather, the weather, the weather isn't great, um, but it's um, you know early in the morning. That's my main concern. But I'm obviously more than happy to talk to you, Gillian. It's very kind of you to um, to get out from underneath your doona or whatever it was you <laughs> huddled underneath before the phone rang. How did you become interested in fonts? Well, I think I was always interested from when I was a kid. I mean, I think my first recollection of, of, of you know, fascination was, was buying albums, really. You know, you used to, obviously, the 12-inch sleeve, you could see a lot more, a lot more type than you can do on a, on a CD or, 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 you know, on your, on your computer text when you download something now. And I think I remember buying the um, David Bowie album, Hunky Dory, and looking at the font on that, and then also the T-Rex album, uh, Electric War, 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 Warrior, and those were the two. And I kind of thought, you know, I remember, I remember, getting, I remember buying them and then coming home on the bus and poring over them. And, and unlike now, when you you know you hear things on an on an iPod, you you kind of your your full concentration was on them. So I think from there, so from the age of um, uh, ten or eleven, I think. But even then, you know, I mean, people would sort of buy albums and look at them and think that it was the art that attracted them or, you know, the photographs of the musicians. When did you realise that it was actually the, the typeface itself? Well, as, as you say, I mean, I think it was all of that. And, and, you know, the great thing about a typeface is that it, it, has, to, it has to suit what it's trying to sell. And, you know, I, although I didn't kind of realise that at the time, um, people had obviously slaved, you know, for, for, I imagine people had slaved for hours trying to find the right font to fit the mood of the music in that case. And now, you know, if we're sold a product or even if we look at a book uh, cover or look at the text, people have spent a huge amount of time working out, um, you know, the most suitable type for um, for, for for, for, for the right purpose. It's wonderful, um, isn't it, when it when it gets down to that that sort of degree. When did we first see fonts? Well, we saw, I mean, the, the first font um, obviously came in with with the first book, which was um, uh, uh, Gutenberg in uh, in Mainz in uh, Germany uh, in the fourteen uh, at the end of the fourteen forties. Um, so we've had them for well well over uh, five hundred years. Um, but obviously, then you know that was the first font. He didn't call it a font and uh, you know there, there was there was no reason to give it a name now we know that font is something called texture and uh, obviously there've been well, one, one, one or two since then and we've do you know how many we've got now there must be well i mean uh, you know i haven't counted them all but i think we're looking at well over 100,000 now and how did they become part of our everyday lives because well, we never used to really pay much attention and now we can choose well, exactly. I mean, the the big change uh, obviously happened with the uh, the personal computer, um, and so uh, whereas before, um, you know, these names were, as you said, you know, kind of they arcane, really. You know, people didn't really, you know, names like Helvetica and, and Times New Roman and Gil Sands weren't really part of uh, a, a 
people's lives because they were really chosen for us. Um, but obviously, when the when the when the PC uh, came in um, and the Mac in particular, you know, the the Apple really led the way in this in the 80s. We then had this sort of menu which we could choose from, and we thought, well, that's interesting because we could write a document in one font and it would look, you know, maybe quite severe and, and serious, and then we could put it in another font, you know, much loathed font now, something like Comic Sans, and, and it looked far more fun. And there are stories behind all of this, and, and what you were just saying can be taken so seriously. Tell us the story of Vicky Walker, this uh, health worker in New Zealand. Yeah. This, is, um, this is a kind of classic tale of, of, of how not to use um, type, really. Um, this was um, a, a, a woman working for a healthcare factory in New Zealand who wrote um, what was quite an aggressive email. And, and she wrote this all in capital letters, which, as we know, you know, looks as if you're shouting at somebody. And um, people weren't happy with this. You know, they, weren't, they weren't happy with what she was saying, and they certainly weren't happy with the way she was saying it. It sounded like you know, your computer was kind of shouting at you, at your, you know, in your face in the middle of the afternoon. And, and, and so she found herself uh, dismissed. I mean, there, there probably were other reasons as well, uh, and, and maybe um, her employers were using this as a sort of final nail. But anyway, but she sued and, and she did get compensation. Sacked for using capital letters. It's a bit harsh. Isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> now, I'm taking this question straight from a chapter in your book. Can a font make me popular? Well, um, this question was sort of asked to himself by one of the, uh, of the uh, designers that I interviewed, a guy called Matthew Carter, who designed uh, a huge amount of fonts, actually, that, that we see in our, our newspapers. But I, I suppose the most popular ones are uh, Georgia and uh, Verdana. Um, and he didn't have the answer to this. But I, I think... Um, the answer is is no. Uh, I, I think it can make you, as, as you said in the, the last question, you know, this person who got a fact, it can probably make you very unpopular if you choose uh, the wrong font. Uh, that's always the key. It's, it, it's always the wrong ones that people uh, notice. Now, um, what are the wrong ones? What's the worst font? Well, it, it's you know, the answer to that is obviously it's, it's wrong for its situation. So, you know, if, if you're writing uh, a job application, let's say, you want something that really isn't, you know, it, it's going to... Isn't really going to get too noticed. So you want something that um, where you're going to shine through. You know your wonderful achievements, your 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 great awards, or, or whatever it is. So basically, you want something pretty basic that that you know people are used to seeing all the time. So that that would, that would perhaps be you know Times or, or, or Helvetica, perhaps. Um, whereas if you're um, writing, uh, you know, copy display for. Uh, an advert, and you want to sell a great new product, and you know you're you're kind of on a bus or you're you're on a a motorway, and you want to kind of you know you want to arrest people really. You then obviously you want to choose something very dramatic and something that's that's you know really going to um, have uh, an impact. And uh, so I don't know. I would. I would uh, choose one of the lovely, you know, it's interesting now we have sort of more fonts being created, I suppose, every week than, than were created in, you know, 10 or, or, or even 100 years in the, uh, in, in the early days. So if you, if you go online now and you go to one of the, you put in kind of font sales or font shop or, or, or one of those and, and you find what's available, you'll be amazed at the, at the, at the choice on offer. Tell us, Simon, why Barack Obama opted for Gotham. Well, um, he chose 
he chose this because um, Gotham was a it was a new font. It was it was invented um, uh, in 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 two thousand uh, in America. It had a lovely kind of um, authoritative um, and bold feel to it. So if you're promoting you know a campaign of change and hope then uh, the, this was some, something that, that, you know, this is in a way a kind of font that people could believe in as well, because it wasn't fancy. Uh, it didn't look like people had spent a huge, you know, wasted a huge amount of, of taxpayers' sort of money or campaign money uh, on it. And it looked like some, something, uh, but it also looked like it, 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 it was something that, that had been around for a long time. But Obama campaign, uh, or the Obama campaign team's great achievement on this uh, was maintaining the same font, whereas, uh, you know, in the past, um, uh, and I think this probably happened with, um, you know, his opponent at the time, uh, Clinton as well, they would choose one font for um, uh, online, and they would choose another font for print, and then they would choose uh, another font for their TV campaigns and posters. And his great strength was sort of maintaining this. So he kept, you know, the way that he kept on saying, change and hope, change and hope, he also kept on the same font. So people really got the idea that, that, that he meant what, what, what he was saying. It's incredible, isn't it, how much we can tell about somebody from the font that they choose, and, and perhaps not as much as handwriting, but still a bit. Oh yeah, no, and, and also now you you can actually get your uh, your handwriting uh, made into a, a font as well. Um, and there there, there are um, I, I I don't want to send your uh, your listeners um, a, a, away now, but there is there is a fantastic um, online um, sort of quiz that that you can fill out. Um, if, you, if you search for what font are you, um, you can have your sort of personality tested. You can you can answer questions such as you know are you an emotional person or are you a rational person, and then um, you move on to our, our other things, and then a sort of type is selected for you. And I, I was hoping I would come out of something quite sort of English, you know, and and, and um, something quite traditional. But uh, it t- turns out that I'm something called. Archer hairline, which is this very delicate, tender, thin font. But yeah, I mean, and what's clear as well is that it, you know now we have um, now we all have computers. Everyone has um, a particular passion for things. You know, they find a font that somehow they feel um, suits them, and often they're not quite sure why. They just like the look of it, which is which is kind of fair, fair enough as well, you know. And um, people kind of think, um, okay, well, this is now my fun. And they get quite um, emotional and, and, and possessive as well if, if they feel that, you know, people are using it wrongly or they feel people they don't like adopt the same font. It is, it's hilarious and, and brilliant and fascinating. And thank you so much for talking to us today, Simon. Okay, I enjoyed it, Gillian. Fabulous. Simon Garfield is the author of Just My Type, a book about fonts. It really has the most incredible collection of stories in it about the originators of type and about um, also about weird things like the link between Ben Franklin and Lady Gaga. And it, it is full of stories. It's, it's a wonderful book.